Just turn to John 14, 26 with me. John 14, 26. John 14, 26. You know, as I was, you, you can leave them off. It's too bright. I, I, yeah, just, there you go. All right. Um, all right, so this says, real simple, it's, it's, it's an explanation of, of who the Holy Spirit is and why he came. So I want to read it, and then uh, I'll dive into to the topic for today. John 14, 26. But the helper... And in the amplified version that you see on the screen, it explains who the helper is, what he is. Who is the helper? It's the Holy Spirit. This Greek word here is parakletos, and it's got a multifaceted meaning. And so in the amplified, it kind of dives into the different meanings of the Holy Spirit or the comforter. And you see that's a capital C because it's, and he is a person, the Holy Spirit is a, 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 a person of God. He is a part of God, who God is. God is three parts. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Comforter is the Counselor, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, and Standby. Now think about that. Before we go any further in this verse, just think about the description of the Holy Spirit. He's a Counselor. And the main definition, if you will, of Parakletos is someone who, like in a... In a lawyer type setting in a law setting if you were sitting down and someone was advocating for you as uh you know maybe you've been accused of something you would have a lawyer who would come in beside you and say here's the facts and he would advocate for your innocence make sense he's a counselor someone who counsels someone who gives wise counsel someone who knows things that we don't know you know that's why you go see a counselor because they know things you don't know. In college, I went to Clemson University. I have a, a landscape architecture degree. But you can tell I'm really using every day. I, have a, I, I loved it, though. But um, I learned something. That, that There's a reason they have counselors. And so my fifth year is a five-year program. Okay, I'm not a slacker. It's a five-year program. I, I go in my fifth year, and I apply for graduation. And I go through the whole process. I fill out all the paperwork, and they say, um, there's a problem, Mr. Clark. I need you to come see it. So I go down. I see him. They say, um, there's an issue with your foreign language requirement. I said, no, y'all must have missed something. See, I took Spanish 101 and 102. See, it says two, two years or two semesters are required. I took two. I took 101 and 102. She said, yes, sir, I, I see that. But the thing is, is in the fine print that's not in your student guide, but in our guide, the fine print right here, let me show you what it says. She turned the book around and I read it and I, I, I almost cried because it said two years or two semesters of foreign language requirement at level 200 or above. <laughs> See, I never went and saw the counselor. What I would do is I would get the little counselor code and I would hack the system and go register for my classes and never go sit down with the, I didn't like the counselor to be honest with you, but they knew more than me. They knew that that wasn't going to cut it. That 101 and 102 wasn't going to cut it. I needed 201 and 202. So I needed to not only take those two classes, but take two additional ones. So guess what I did? I sat in my dorm room while the rest of my friends graduated in May. And I came, started work in May in Florence, and then took two classes over the summer, crash course, the classes at Francis Marion went longer than Clemson. I had to crash course it, barely finished, 
barely passed the second semester in order to get my degree and walk in August and get my degree in August. All because I didn't ask the counselor. How often do we not ask the counselor? How often do we go through life and not ask for help? You know, one of the things that I see ever rampant in our society nowadays is the need for guidance. Yet we have the best guidance that we could ask for living right here. Living right inside of us. Living inward, but we look elsewhere. We look all around and right inside. So the question then is, is how do we, how do we pull that out? The way that we phrase it around here is being led by the Spirit. How do we walk in a life where we're led by the Spirit? How do we walk in a, in a life, how do we walk in a way where we're led by the Spirit of God, where He leads me and guides me and shows me things to come? And how do I know it's Him and not me? How do I know it's Him leading me and not just my desire or my will? I don't know if I can uncover and unpack all that today, but I'm going to start. And I, I was telling a few people before the service today, uh, you know, the Thursday Bible studies have been going great, and we've, we're in our third week. This Thursday will be our third week on the book of Job. Now, if you want to come, you can. I'll recap a little bit and catch you up, and I've got all the material on weeks one and two, so I'll make sure that you're caught up and you won't miss much, okay? So come this Thursday, jump in. After that, I think I may continue to talk and teach on being led by the Spirit on Thursdays because it's such an important topic. You know, I, I remember one time I was driving in Florida, with Pastor Steve and one of the other guys that are on staff in Florence. And we're driving around. And uh, we're actually, we're driving home. We're going down to Florida. Pastor Steve's home church is down in Florida. We're driving back on I-95. It's a straight shot. Not, not, I-95 goes right through Florence. It's a straight shot. But we decided to make a stop. Pastor Steve wanted to do something. And so I sa- he said, hey, why don't you put this in? And we can go over there. And I, I need to get a few things. And so I want to do it now. So we, we, we started trying to find this place. Well, I put it in my phone GPS. How many of y'all have ever used a GPS? It, they're, they're pretty incredible, right? They know and triangulate your location, know where you're at. Then based on the triangulation, they know what direction you're heading and whether you need to turn left, right, slow down, veer, be in the right lane. Now it's really detailed. The other day I was driving and I was so impressed because I use Google Maps. I don't know what y'all use, but I use Google Maps. And I was driving, and it said, um, turn up, turn right ahead after the McDonald's. I said, well, I've never heard that before. Homegirl knows I got a McDonald's up here. Somebody need to pull into the McDonald's, get me a little burger and a Coke. Anyways, I, I think that, that somehow or another, I, I messed up the GPS with Pastor Steve that day, and we're driving around, and, and I pull off the interstate and we're going around and pastor said, you know, this, this doesn't look right. It just didn't look like there'd be the store that we were trying to get to was going to be in this location. It was mostly residential and woods. And I said, pastor, the GPS is telling me, it's telling me where to go. And sure enough, it's saying, go left, turn right, go the, you know, turn on this road, go two miles, turn left. And then it said, your destination is ahead on the right. We were in the middle of a neighborhood. I don't know how it had messed it up, but we were in the middle of just a residential neighborhood, nowhere near residential stuff, or nowhere near commercial stuff, nowhere near stores and malls and all that. And so we're laughing about it, and obviously we found, I think at the time I wasn't using Google, I was using some other GPS. But you know, I 
thought about that today. We have the best GPS living inside of us that's never wrong, that never gives incorrect guidance, that never gives incorrect placement, that never triangulates your wrong location, that never has the wrong information. And if we can train ourselves to listen to the GPS of the Holy Spirit, think about where our life would be. Think about where our position could be. Think about what our status could be. Think about what exploits we could do for God and his kingdom if we're led by the Spirit. Where you're sitting in a place, in a restaurant or something, and God says, I want you to witness to that person over there. And you don't really want to. You weren't feeling like it. You just came in to get something and go out. But all of a sudden, you get in a conversation with them and you change their life forever. What if we learn how to be led by the Spirit? Are you in a place to hear from God? If he spoke today, would you be able to hear him? You know, the first thing we need to do is obviously make sure that we're born again. To make sure that we've asked God to forgive us of all our sins. The Bible says that he'll forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. So that's obviously the first step. But after that, what do we do? You know, Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness. Everybody say witness. witness. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Now, if you look at that on the screen, you'll see a capital S and a capital H. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, little s. Now, I've taught this before, but I thought it'd be good to reiterate it today, that there's a difference in the Holy Spirit and our spirit. Our spirit, the real you, is the little s. How do we know that we're saved? Because the big s bears witness. That same witness is not just for for salvation. It also, he also witnesses to our spirit, and I'll show you in a second some different scripture to support this, but that same witness is the same leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of times we want God to lead and guide us like he did in the Old Testament. Now, how many of y'all have ever read books of the Old Testament? We're studying Job right now on Thursdays, and every week I've started with the same statement. Miss Sherelle knows it, right? We study the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. We look at the Old Testament through the understanding we've gained of the New Testament, right? I mean, we live under the New Covenant. We live in the New Testament that that or in the New Covenant. Jesus did what he did and and changed everything. So now we live in a in a uh, right standing with God. He's made us righteous, right? It's his righteousness, right? So because of that, it changed everything. On top of the salvation that he provided, he then gave us the Holy Spirit that we talked about in Acts chapter 2. That that wasn't the case in the Old Testament. On top of all that, only the priest, this is Old Testament, only the priest, the prophet, and the king were were anointed by the Holy Spirit to stand in those offices. And every once in a while, God would anoint some special person for a special task. And we would see something like, and the Bible would describe it, the Spirit came upon him, or God came upon him, and he did something. Y'all remember the dude that ran faster than a chariot? Right? The Bible says that the Spirit came upon him, and then he ran. Right? That was a special anointing. But more or less, only the priest, the prophet, and the king were anointed by the Holy Spirit to stand in those offices. Lay people didn't have the Spirit of God upon them or in them. In other words, just... A person who was just following God didn't have the same 
the Spirit of God upon them in the same way the priest, prophet, or king did. People would seek guidance through the prophet. That's how they would seek guidance. That's how they would do it because they didn't have, they didn't have what we have today. So when we look at the Old Testament, we have to look at it through the lens of the New Testament and see, okay, I can understand things from the Old Testament. I can learn from the Old Testament, but it's not the same as I have today. So we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Everybody point to yourself and say, I've got the Spirit, got the Spirit. Inside. inside. Inside of you. Inside. Now the people would seek guidance this way because they had the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.14 says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. And of course, we know that it's not just sons, it's sons and daughters, children of God, right? As many as are led by the Spirit of God. You know, my children know my voice. They know my voice. If I were to get separated from them, have you ever been separated from your parents or separated from your kids? What's the first thing you do as a parent? You start calling their name, right? You start calling out their name, and it's amazing that in, in a crowded place, in a mall, at the circus, at the fair, wherever you are, they'll hear your name. They'll hear their name, excuse me. They'll hear your voice. Unless they're obviously with, you know, way out of distance. But I mean, I'm talking about they just get a little ways away and all of a sudden you're like, Kaylee! Yes? Out of everybody that can call her name, she's going to hear my voice. And the same thing, this, this verse here says that we're children of God. As children, we should be led by the Spirit of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not as many as are led by prophets. Notice that. This is New Testament. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons, daughters, children of God. Now, the main way that I believe, and this is kind of what I want to just wrap up with today, because obviously we're going to do baptisms and and I only have so much time, and we're going to dive into this a little bit more. I want to read a couple of scriptures for you, and then I'm going to tell you the main way that I believe God leads us. And I'm, I'm going to back it up with these scriptures, and then we're going to come back and look at it. Proverbs 20, 27 says this. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly or of his heart. The spirit of God or the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. If that were written today, that would be like the flashlight. Or the light bulb. It illuminates inside of us and illuminates the things that are before us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Y'all see that? Who's being renewed day by day? Inwardly. So outwardly we're wasting away. This goes back to what I started with, that you are a spirit. Who's the inward man? What's the inward part of you? If we look at the New King James, it says the, the outward man perishes, our inward man. Who's the inward man? Your spirit. Have you ever thought about that, that, that your, your, spirit, your spirit is like a man or woman? It's like a spirit man, a spirit woman. And you can work out your spirit man, spirit woman. It can be strong or weak. Obviously, it's made new, but I, I, let, me, let me word it a little different way. Your ability to hear the Spirit depends on whether you've determined to listen to it or not. Whether you've determined to say, okay, I'm going to follow my Spirit. Because my Spirit, we looked at Romans 8, right? My Spirit is what's connected to His Spirit. His Spirit's bearing witness with my Spirit. His Spirit's connected to my Spirit. And if that's where God's speaking today, then that's where I need to be tuned into. 
But see, this is not what our, our, our society teaches us. Our society teaches us to, to listen to this. To, 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 right? Now, is there anything wrong with wisdom? No. Is there anything wrong with natural counseling? No. As a matter of fact, I suggest it. But I think that, that, that if you're going to seek natural counseling, you should also seek spiritual counseling. And I think that there's importance to, okay, I'm going to make sure that I'm listening to the inside. That I'm listening to the inside. That the Spirit of God is going to speak to me because that's what he said he would do. His light shines in the darkness. His light illuminates things. Put Proverbs 20, 27 back up there real quick. His light illuminates our past. His light does things that, that our lights can't do. His light is unlike our light. Our light passes away. Our light fades out. Our light only shines so far. Our light may not be pointed in the right direction, but his light. See, there's times where I can, you know, I'll share with the Lord, Lord, this is what I think. Lord, this is where I'm heading. God, this is what I believe is right. God, this is what, you know, my experience and my wisdom has taught me. And this is what I think I should do. But I have trained myself that, that before I lean only on my understanding, that I also lean on him. Or more importantly, I lean on him. The Bible tells us lean not on your own understanding. It doesn't say don't have understanding. We should have understanding. We should go to school. We should get degrees. We should get knowledge. We should have good jobs. All those things. That's great. But lean not on your own understanding. So how does God speak today? How does God, what, I, what do I believe? Now, there's, there's, of course, I do believe that he speaks to people through visions and dreams. I do believe that he speaks to people. I do think that people hear the audible voice of God. I do believe all that. But the primary way is through that inward witness in your spirit. For me, it feels like um, almost like something's holding me back. But not in the natural, not like, like you're holding me back, but just like I can't go. Another way to describe it, and I want to be careful here because everybody has different definitions of peace, but I would say it that way, that I have peace or I don't have peace on something. So if I'm going and I feel like, okay, um, um, for instance, right now we're looking for, uh, we've been in an apartment. Y'all have heard me talk about our apartment. Uh, I think the apartment days are over. But I had to, before I came to that conclusion, there was lots of prayer and there was lots of me listening to my spirit. I would drive around and look at houses. I would drive around the rest of the apartment complex. Do we want to do a three-bedroom in this place? Do we want to stay in here? Do we want to move in here? Do we want to move out? Lord, here's what I think. Here's what I've done. Here's what my... Now, did I do research? You better believe it. Did I look up stuff? You better believe it. Did I talk to the apartment complex? You better believe it. Have I talked to rental companies? You better believe it. And the whole time as I'm doing all that, I'm listening in here. I'm looking inside. I'm looking, Lord, lead me. God, show me. I don't want it just to be JT's wisdom here. I want your, I want your light. I want your light. Illuminate what I'm supposed to do. And as I would go back to, to staying in the apartment, because there's some practical things to that. Like, I wouldn't have to cut grass. I, you know, I've kind of enjoyed that this past year. I'll be honest with you. It's actually been kind of nice. I, y'all, y'all, y'all heard I have a degree in all that. I know how to do all that. I'm actually really good at it. My yard will probably look better than your yard. I'm just saying. Not because I'm, that wasn't meant to be mean. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know how to do that. I don't like cutting grass anymore. I don't want to do it. But I need some storage. 
The church needs some storage space. There's some other things that I think, and as I began thinking about that, I began thinking about what we, if we had a house and we had a yard, what it could do for not only our family, a place for the girls to play where we don't have to worry about, you know, because in an apartment complex, sometimes you, you just, you get who you got around you. Amen. And we're praying for them, but sometimes you get who you got around you. That's not very good English, I don't believe, and I normally speak better than that, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. I'm riding around, I'm looking, I'm studying, and I'm saying, Lord, show me. And as I began to think about the apartment complex, it just, it just felt like that's not, in the natural, really, I was thinking that would be better. It might even be a little bit cheaper. It might be, in the long run, I might have less um, um, costs associated with, obviously, you know, renting and things we might want to do. I like saving money. Sounds good to me. But I just didn't feel like that'd be right, that there'd be more benefits to the home if we can find the right one. So now I'm saying, Lord, you know our finances. You know the things. Lord, show me how to find the right house for us. And that's where we're going now. And y'all know I'm kind of an open book. I kind of tell y'all everything. So y'all are going to hear my whole story through all this. And uh, y'all hear how it all works out. But that's how we're led by the Spirit. Ultimately, now will God... Show up and speak audibly to you. I believe that he can. I believe that he'll show up in visions and dreams and all those things. Yes. But I don't think that we should get so caught up in seeking and searching all that that we miss. I've been talking to you. I've been leading you. I've been, I've been speaking to you right here. Why, why are you seeking things? No, just, just listen right here. Make time to listen right here. Make time to search inwardly and listen to that inward witness. To listen to what God is speaking to your spirit. He speaks spirit to spirit. Capital S to little s. He, ca- he speaks spirit to spirit. Just because a door opens, ask him if that's the right door. You know, the devil can open doors too. Just because it's an open door. But it could be God. Sometimes there's only doors, or there are doors that only God can open. I'm not trying to take away that. I'm just saying that, hey, all right, Lord, that looks like it's your door. Man, that's a good-looking door. I can see through the door, and it looks good, but, Lord, is that your door? How does, what what is my spirit saying? See, I don't like to make decisions when I'm here or here, but when I'm here. What do I mean? When I'm really excited, I try not, I try to wait. Because if I'm really excited, I like to jump, I like to move fast, if y'all been around here long enough, y'all know I like to, I like to run, hustle, skip, jump. I'm, I'm moving. And so I'll, I'll, I might be really excited, but I'll try to wait and check my spirit. So I'll wait till I come down off the, the hype a little bit. And I don't like to make decisions when I'm mad, when I'm frustrated. Come on, has anybody else in here been frustrated, mad? You make a decision and all of a sudden you quit your job because I'm just tired of that. And then you go, uh, probably shouldn't have done that. Um, hey, can I have my job back? Or you have to deal with the repercussions with all that. But see, it'd be better not to make a decision when we're, and just train ourselves. You know, I started the year with talking about running our race. It's interesting because the last few messages have all tied right into that. Not on purpose, and I'm not deriving that. I really just think it falls in line with what the Lord gave me. That as we're running our race, we need to know which way we're running. We need to know which way to go. We need to let the, let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. That, that, go back to the very first scripture and we'll close. I'm, I'm going to wrap up with this. Uh, John 14, 26. As I didn't even finish reading it all. We described him. 
The Holy Spirit's our helper, our intercessor, our advocate, strengthener, standby. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, who's going to come in my place to represent me, to represent Jesus and act on my behalf. He will teach you. Say, teach me. He will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. He will cause you to recall and will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything that Jesus has told you. Think about that. When you can't know, I've asked the Holy Spirit, as I'm talking to people, I'll say, Lord, remind me of that. What's that scripture? What's that verse? What do I tell them? What do I ask them? And I'm talking, I'm smiling, I'm going, oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. But inwardly, I'm going, Lord, help me. Show me. And sure enough, God will remind me. And things will drop in my spirit. Well, where am I listening? Where am I looking? I'm looking in. I'm not waiting on, uh, all of a sudden, the wind blows in the room and a page flips and, oh, there it is. No, I mean, the wind can blow because someone opened the door. I'm looking at, I'm listening to, I'm looking inward because that's where God leads us. Amen. If you got something out of this this morning, say amen. Amen. Amen.